Input Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got a pair of stories from the insane world of social media. President Trump wants to ban TikTok and has issued an executive order meant to do just that. President Trump is making good on his threat to crack down on two popular Chinese-owned social media apps. He's signed executive orders banning TikTok and WeChat from operating in the U.S. within 45 days unless they're sold. Mr. Trump says the apps are effectively spyware. But the real reason Trump is obsessed with the Chinese-owned social video app has nothing to do with the security reasons he cited, argues InputMag.com editor Ryan Houlihan in a recent essay. Rather, it all comes down to the president's narcissism. Here's Ryan reading an excerpt from his piece. With a pandemic raging in America to the tune of 160,000-plus dead, an economy on the brink of collapse, and a looming homelessness crisis for 40 million Americans— The president is apparently concerned that an app kids use to lip sync is a massive national security threat. There is no evidence that TikTok is doing anything more nefarious than Facebook or Snapchat. Even the White House seems flabbergasted as to why this has become such a focus. So why is Trump so fixated on it? Well, because of something we already knew. He's a narcissist. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Hi, thanks for having me back. So since you wrote this piece, Trump has issued an executive order that will effectively ban TikTok and WeChat. Yeah, so the president has issued two executive orders to ban TikTok and WeChat. And it's purportedly because he thinks that they're national security crises, because they collect user data and send it back to their companies and that their companies are legally obligated to give it to the Chinese government. Obviously, things are very similar here in the US and across the globe, but you know, he's taken this as his top priority rather than activating the Defense Production Act to create resources for the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. Right. Why don't you explain what your theory is? The reason I think he's actually doing this is if you remember back last June, he tried to hold a campaign rally event in Tulsa after an ongoing scandal that the event was both racist and very dangerous with the ongoing pandemic. There was a very popular news story going around. And it was honestly probably the most popular angle on it that TikTok teens who were super into K-pop had organized on the app to interfere with the preparation for the event by registering for tickets to attend to it using dummy email addresses and fake names and flooding his campaign with fake contact information that they can't use in order to actually get in touch with voters. So then when the president actually held the event, which was a failure for a number of reasons, I'm sure the K-pop fandom helped, it was pretty empty and it made for a really bad photo op. TikTok users may well be President Trump's latest adversary after fewer than 7,000 people attended his weekend campaign rally in Tulsa. And he actually seemed really defeated afterward because he is obsessed with his own ego. He's, in my opinion, a narcissist who really enjoys these kind of like victory lap events, which is why he's been doing these rallies his whole presidency. And so 
before that, he never really knew about TikTok. And after that news story made the rounds, and we know he's famously obsessed with the news and obsessed with himself, now he's obsessed with banning TikTok. Um, and so in my mind, it's a pretty one-to-one situation where we can understand the cause and effect on our dear reality television president. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. I mean, I am not a believer in Trump being any sort of 4D chess player or anything, but but could there be other reasons behind this, some sort of U.S. China tensions, or you think it's as simple as what happened in Tulsa? So there has obviously been tensions with China. He seems to switch between completely idealizing and worshiping the Chinese government for its brutal and totalitarian tendencies. He certainly does not care about their detention camps. He has encouraged their human rights abuses. He looks up to many dictators around the world. And on the other side of that, he's, you know, put tariffs on Chinese trade, which were a disaster, but which he seemed to completely agree with and has not gone back on his opinion about. You know, is there security concerns with any major world power and their technology creation if we were to adopt it en masse? Yeah, of course. But there are also global ad tracking companies and American firms which put all of this information into a giant compiled database and will sell it to the highest user. TikTok wasn't collecting data any more nefarious than like, you know, what kind of videos you like to watch, how often you opened the app, where you were, and all of that data you can buy. I could buy it for you if we had the capital. Again, since you've written the story, there have been even more developments and probably more developments by the time this story airs. But where do where do you see this all ending up? So there's really two paths forward for this. I do think obviously TikTok and WeChat's parent companies will be taking these executive orders to court. These are completely unprecedented. The language is incredibly broad. It goes against basically this entire federal government's ethos, which is to like be very hands off with corporations. And obviously the conservative politics of this are very confusing because Trump has put in a lot of conservative judges and instructed his entire wing of the party that we support Citizens United. We believe that corporations should be allowed to make political speech on the world stage. So I don't know that any court would really let this go forward without a hearing. So likely we'll get some kind of stay on this that will extend past his hopeful abdication of office or the hopeful election of someone else. But if it it does go forward and if the court finds that this is perfectly legal and fair and not an obfuscation of his power in any way, then we have a situation where these very vague orders could ban tons of media and software and investment opportunities across the national uh, economy. So like TikTok's parent company and WeChat's parent companies also own things like PUBG, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Fortnite, Grindr, Call of Duty Mobile, all of these really popular services that would suddenly be covered by these executive orders. So if these bans actually take place, do you see this radicalizing all these teen TikTok users and gamers? It's hard to say because while I think if these people aren't activated by the things they've seen thus far in the Trump presidency, really what's going to make them move forward? Will having to switch to the Byte app really be the make it or break it? Or are these teens savvy enough to use a VPN and to install an app around Apple's App Store or the Google Play Store? Maybe those are likely scenarios where the teens don't care. But 
on the other side of that, if you look at something like Gamergate, it really was the political impetus for alt-right figureheads to come forward and to try to mainstream a lot of their ideas. Something as innocuous as gaming has radicalized people in the past over much less. And to see that no longer is the U.S. able to participate in the global gaming community, no longer is the U.S. able to have access to the cutting edge in community gaming or I mean, basically, if it's seen that he's just saying no to U.S. consumers, which uh, if we know anything, they don't like to hear, maybe this does push people forward to say, I don't want to live in a world where I can't play the video games I want to play. That's my right. And the individualism of America might come in useful there. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Hulhan. Now on to today's second story. news that Tom Hanks had contracted coronavirus, fans of another Hollywood legend started freaking out. But everyone take a breath. It turns out 98-year-old Betty White is doing just fine. A rep for the Golden Girl star confirmed the news to the Today Show, but only after fans started tweeting their concern. One person saying, quote, someone get Betty White into her own quarantine. We can't lose her. Another user said, almost had a heart attack thinking something happened to her. She must be protected at all costs. Every time a celebrity trends without context on Twitter, people get alarmed. Did said celebrity die? Were they canceled? InputMag.com news writer Jay Fergus says they experience a panic attack every time a favorite celeb of theirs trends. Jay recently wrote about these scares and what Twitter can do to stop them. Here's Jay reading an excerpt from their piece. We've all been there, glancing over the trending topics on Twitter. Your heart starts racing when your eye catches a familiar name. Have they left this mortal coil? Yet another celebrity to strike off your fantasy meeting list? Or worse, have they been canceled? Was it something insensitive or outright bigoted? Have they been me tooed? In a matter of seconds, you mourn both the loss of the person and the loss of their character. And all of those seconds add up, creating mounting tension in what's already a cultural powder keg of an app. Then you discover the shocking truth. It's their birthday. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me back. So when was the last time that you had a Twitter panic attack over a celebrity? The day I wrote this piece, I think I was just talking about this with one of our news editors, Shan. She was saying that this is such a daunting process. And I literally clicked over to Twitter and Tony Bennett was trending. And I just, all of that like heart racing dread filled me. And it was just his birthday. It was, that's, that's all that was happening. So this is something people on Twitter complain about a lot. What can Twitter itself do to change this phenomena? So they do this for certain trending tags, but it's hard to tell exactly at what point Twitter deems something as newsworthy. And generally it is tied to news outlets themselves. But if there's a particular news story, you'll see more of a full headline and they'll create a Twitter moment that adds a lot of context. But in the initial popularity of a lot of hashtags, that's not happening. And so you can actually have a lot of room for unintentional misinformation. So I think a way to resolve this is to just have that Twitter moments team expanded or working 
to try and address these things faster in order to provide the context that users really need before things get out of hand and we have a lot of panic attacks. That would, of course, require Twitter spending some money. I mean, I feel like they have some money. <laughs> I've heard they might have a, a bank account or two to <laughs> draw from. But it's going to be a really sad day when, when Tony Bennett or Betty White actually does die. That day will be a tragedy for entertainment in general. And that should have the appropriate level of grief and memorializing, which is another aspect of social media that Twitter is not great at in terms of personal accounts anyway. But at the very least, when it comes to an actual death, Twitter is good at adding an in-memoriam header to those trending tags. But obviously, some of those are not always up to snuff. You can follow Jay on Twitter at NotesFromJay, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.